The Opening Shift Podcast is brought to you by No Spoilers. Do you want to run your bar or restaurant more efficiently, save you time and money in the process? Learn more about our solutions to revolutionize your stock management by visiting www.nospoilers.ai. Opening Shift Podcast, where we focus on the philosophy and best practices of some of the most successful bars and restaurants today. I'm Chris Reyes, and I have a question in mind. What is eco-tending or eco-friendly bartending per se? Many bars and restaurants are making the turn towards eco-friendly practices in their establishments. Many have been serving paper straws or biodegradable straws. Restaurants are now practicing composting or fermenting items for longer usage. And many bartenders are looking for different ways to reduce wastage behind the bar while still producing amazing cocktails for their guests. Today, I have a special guest, Benjamin Evans, who's a mixologist, a bedroom bartender, and is now coining the phrase eco-tending in the UK scene to better promote and educate other bartenders on best practices on what to do with wastage behind the bar. Benjamin Evans, thank you for joining us in the Opening Shift podcast. Thanks very much for inviting me. Cheers, man. So, Ben, before I get started, I, I will ask this question to everybody, and I'm going to do, relay this question to you. And the question is, what does hospitality mean to you? Well, look, hospitality for me is the way you treat people. And when they come into the venues that you're in, you don't treat them like a customer or a number. You treat them like a guest in your own home. Obviously, hospitality is to share the warmth of yourself with others. And I think that if you treat people like they're in your house, people feel more involved and more warmth as a person. It's the sharing of yourself with others and making them feel individual and not as a number. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. It's really keying in on like great customer service and treating everybody as an individual, not exactly as a number or means to an end, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, in, in London, we have, you know, the TFL, the underground, and customer service on there is, is appalling. You would expect, you know, a treatment in a bar or a restaurant to be rememberable. And that is the difference between hospitality and just treating someone as an in and out style of service, you know? Right, right. Awesome. So we have we have here on your on your C V we have here mixologist, consultant, yeah. bedroom bartender, and eco tender. Tell me more about bedroom bartender and where this concept came from. Okay, uh, well, Bedroom bartender is something that I'm slowly putting together. Um, it's a, it's kind of like an outlet for my autism. Uh, being an autistic bartender is sometimes a very problematic kind of thing to be. Um, and it's kind of ruffled a lot of feathers with people in the past. So when I went on to being freelance, 
as part of the consultancy kind of things I do, I've now got a smaller outlet to kind of teach people a bit more knowledge. So bedroom bartender for me is more like things you can do as a bartender when you're at home to improve your knowledge elsewhere. Um, Eco-tending is, is a concept that I've been kind of trying to piece together now for a few more years, um, especially when you do consultancy. It's, it's to bring economy to bartending. It's, you know, eco-tending is, in, uh, in a nutshell, a way of reducing waste by finding um, alternative uses for them within the bar and restaurant industry to maximise GP and to reduce just waste in general. I've been into so many bars in the park and I've seen the amount of wasted fruit, wasted juices. They're just, it's, it's too much and you don't realise the amount of you know, money you're losing in the long run until you kind of look at all the facts and figures. I think eco-tending for me will be a way to help people create something from something that would be thrown away. I see, I see. And n normally when when somebody, when the creative person has their aha moments, right? And for you, eco-tending was this aha moment. Can you tell us what, where were you, what was the situation, what was the scenario when you were probably at the bar, at the restaurant, and you're like, this this needs to change, and I want to make this change. Yeah, um, well, I was doing a consultancy job uh, in Clerkenwell, and I was working behind the bar, and I was seeing the way that the the previous bar manager was kind of had the bar in use, and how much fruit they used to cut up in advance, how much cans of juice, and so forth. Uh, that they were making, the lack of kind of um, homemade products there were really disappointing. So what I was trying to start doing was I was like, hold on, first of all, if we made them ourselves, things would be cheaper, so therefore you wouldn't be spending so much. Secondly, we would have less waste. And and, you know, that would mean that we're going to save ourselves money in the long run. And, and third of all, people appreciate something more, given the skill set involved to make it. And they, they appreciate it more in the flavor and the taste. So I was like, hold on a minute. This has to change. I sat down for a while, started coming up with idea after idea, whether or not it was possible and I realized that if, if restaurants have a quality kitchen concept, the bar and the kitchen together could in theory work hand in hand to reduce a considerable amount of waste. And I think that was where my brain just goes, you know what, I'm going to try and see what I can do with this and push it forward bit by bit. And I think that was my aha moment was, yeah, you know, we realize it after a month or two. And, you know, we slowly started to roll it out, coming up with cocktails and ideas, making shrubs, 
bitters, tinctures, even like homemade purees and juices, those are the kind of things that bars can do to reduce ultimate amounts of waste. And and I'm glad that you brought I'm glad that you brought this up because it really it, it, it makes me think, you know, for me as a bartender myself and working in the industry for over for over ten years, I've I still see that a lot of bars are not are still not adapting to different ways of utilizing different sort of citruses like limes and lemons and oranges to to not just from the juicing phase, because what these bars like to do is that they juice the products and then they just toss it. They're not really they're not really utilizing the maximum amount of 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 this product. No. So ideally on those concepts you could peel the fruit first. Obviously you're peeling it and you get the, the, the peels, which later you could then free dry and powder. Um, you'd then juice them, meaning that the only thing you'd have left is the pit. If you really wanted, you could even soak those pits and then use them to make an enhanced sugar syrup. So in theory, you could use the whole product and have almost zero wastage. These are kind of things like where shrubs would go in because you're, you're, you're hooking it up. So like where pineapple shrubs come into place, where you could use the excess of the pineapple in order to make a shrub. You know, it's just those kind of things that most places don't really look into without someone coming in and slowly trying to implement something different. Right, right. And for our listeners out there, a shrub is is sort of like a simple syrup, but the difference is you have equal parts vinegar and sugar. Usually you contain um, apple cider vinegar uh, as a base, but it's sort of like a pickling kind of stock where you put in the excess fruit that you don't need. So in this case, you know, if you had excess pineapple, uh, you throw in the excess pineapple into there, you bring it into a boil, with your apple cider vinegar, your sugar, you let it reduce down. And whilst it's reducing, that is what's intensifying the flavour. And I think shrubs in general um, have so much potential to, to save on waste because you can use any part of the fruit. And I think that's where, you know, these kind of concepts could be used more especially doing like uh, infused bitters. You know, if you get a high volume alcohol, you place in limes, lemon peels, you know, you put in things like crushed ginger and you just let them settle. You've got stuff like the tinctures. And I think all of those kind of things are useful to, to kind of help reduce the amount of waste that a bar makes. The question that I have following up with this would be if Say I'm going to create a scenario where I'm a bartender. I have aspirations of becoming a head bartender or a bar manager one day, and I have been tasked with helping with a new seasonal cocktail for spring. What would be the first thing that I would try to implement as a new practice for myself in order to separate myself from the rest of my team? I think new practices for people would be to not, if it's going to be a spring-based cocktail, you want to be using in-season fruit. Uh, a good practice would be to get good rapport with your fruit supplier or find somewhere 
that would do you in-season fruit that you could build up a rapport with, a good head bartender or bar manager will know where to look to get the best possible produce in a better fashion. And I think sometimes people fail to realise there's more options for buying fruit and, you know, vegetables and so forth than who they already use. So I think a good potential head bartender has to have the ability to outsource and locate where to find products. And I think if they can find a better uh, outlet for where they get their fruits and veg in, I think overall that that shows the potential um, for the venue that this person is able to you know to do something that's going to be beneficial. And I think especially if it's spring-based cocktail, you want to go you know not too light, not too heavy. And, and I think these are why you know stick drinks, light, refreshing style, work really well in spring. You know, obviously summer is all about the tropics and, you know, the, the highest sweetness. You know, autumn is all about the, the kind of the apples and the pears. And then, like, your winter is all about your berries, whether it be your dark fruits and so forth. So if you're getting outside of those seasons, it's going to be more expensive. So to understand the seasonal fruit calendar will ultimately make you a lot, you know, better in your field as well i think that's kind of where you know where you need to understand going forwards how you make drinks you know on the spot you use what you have and you don't try and push the boat out if it's not in season and i think that a, a good head bartender will, will have knowledge of this and be able to come up with a concept that utilizes all the principles, especially in garlic. You know, this is where like dehydration processes come in. Um, you know, you can even do freeze drying to powder things. Um, all those kind of things that you could do in order to maximize usage of your products. And I think a good head bartender will be aware of the, the season and how short or long the, the fruit seasons are and be able to adapt the drinks accordingly. Getting back to eco, getting back to um, eco tending, I, I'm curious to know, because as we mentioned before, a lot of bartenders are still not adapting the practice of eco-friendly bartending. So what would be a proper message to send out to, to other bartenders that are looking to improve on their craft to, to utilize their uh, their products behind the bar to the best potential and not create a lot of waste? Yeah, I think that generally, <clears throat> most bartenders these days is mainly limes, lemons, and, and citrus fruits that are wasted more times in a bar than any other fruit. Um, I mean, so in theory, in order to do those, you'd have to look on the usage, whether or not they're cutting them to order. And I think if a really busy bar, I don't think that's possible. So that's where a bar could invest in dehydrating the fruits in advance and having those there because they, they last a lot longer. Unless you had a, a smaller bar 
in which you could chop the fruit accordingly and only use what you need. I think it's, it's you know, something that over time would take a lot to kind of implement. So I empathise with the bartenders that are looking to improve that. I just think they should look back on kind of their drinks, look at the garnishes or the drinks that they're using and what they're prepping for and see if there's not a way they can consolidate those down so they're not having to prep so much in the first place. I think if it's the same, it's like a mojito for me is is not picked mint. You use the whole mint spread. And I think for bars that have spent ages picking mint, it's, it's not really useful because the mint dies so fast, you end up wasting it. You know, if you keep the mint on the vine, you just trim the bottom and leave it in water, you can utilise the whole mint sprig by dusting it over the outside of the glass and on the inside, coating it with the oil and then making you mojito on top. First of all, you get the fresh oil from the mint. Secondly, you wouldn't have had to pick it. And third, your mint lasts far longer and you're not throwing away the mint at the end of the night because it's already dead. Right. It's those kind of things that you look into that ultimately will have an impact. First of all, you save time on preparation. Secondly, you wouldn't have to throw away as much mint, so you're saving money. And thirdly, people will appreciate a fresher tasting because the mint hasn't all blackened. So they all work in well. It's just taking a simple idea and moving forward one step at a time. You know, now that most bars these days are reducing plastic, um, they're going on to say paper. The mm. last thing that people want to do with a mojito these days is have mint stuck in a straw. So you're helping them and they're helping you as well. So they're using less straws. You're picking less mint, but you're utilizing what you have properly. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a collective kind of idea moving forwards where you help someone that actually helps you in the process. And I think starting off with one drink and moving forward at one drink at a time would be the best way to slowly implement it. That that's that's solid, man. I really love this answer. Thank you so much for this. Um, when it comes to uh, different sort of events or any sort of workshops that bartenders co to go to to go to in order for them to learn about eco tending, is there anything going on in London that's uh, that promotes eco friendly bartending in in this regard? Um, not that, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm. I'm currently kind of trying to put together a bar-to-bar -bar ideal, um, which would be based on eco-pretending, um, which would be, you know, which would be me going to the bars, kind of asking how they prepare cocktails, seeing if there's any assistance I could give them with that. But as far as I know, not as much as there should be. There are places that are already doing molecular mixology um, that are pushing to utilize less waste. I think it's just something that needs to improve over time. I think with the implementation of reduced plastic in bars, that is what's slowly pushing bars to change their style of drinks 
because a lot of venues are now going strawless. And I think having that concept now in place is in future going to actually help the bar make it more economic and in theory then reduce waste down. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Before I let you go, um, where can our guests reach out to you? Where, where, where sort of channels of communication are you are you best available? Yeah. Just in case if anybody could ask any questions. Several channels of communication. Um, my first one being my uh, email. Um, my email is cocktailsbyben at gmail dot com. Uh, that is that's something that I put together because I thought. Why not make an email address that says what you do? Yeah. Uh, and then also my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is uh, at bedroom, B-E-D-R-O-O-M dot bartender. And any advice, anything I can help with, feel free to get in touch with me on there. And I, I'm a firm believer that knowledge is free. Sharing knowledge is always free. So anybody needs any advice, don't feel that you're going to get charged for it. Get in touch. Benjamin Evans, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. To learn more about my interview with Benjamin Evans, please visit www.nospoilers.ai. And if you want to contribute to this conversation, please leave us a comment, like, and subscribe to our podcast. Or you could comment on our Facebook page at No Spoilers AI or on our Twitter handle at No Spoilers AI. My name is Chris and this is the Opening Shift Podcast.